It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August twentieth, two thousand fifteen. Thanks for being here with us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. i got a special guest with me tonight, my father, Greg. Hey, Jacob. Great to be here. Welcome back. Uh, you've been gone too much lately and uh, no more. Yeah, I'm here to stay for a while. Good. Good. Uh, and we're glad that you're with us as well. Look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Jacob, we've got what I think is an important subject tonight, and it's actually a follow-up to your study last week. Yeah. Last week you talked about some of the consequences that we're seeing in the religious world of people who compromise. Yeah. And how that even, for instance, the current trend of endorse, accepting and endorsing same-sex marriage is, is, is really, when you stop to think about it, a logical follow-up to it's, compromising on other things yeah. pertaining to marriage. It's, it's just being consistent. Yeah. And so you made it, I think you guys made, in the program last week, made a really excellent uh, point. You know, don't, we're not surprised to see where there, where lots of religious organizations are going in regards to same-sex marriage because they opened that door way back when they began to compromise on other matters pertaining to marriage. And so it's, it highlights the, the problem and the fallacy with compromise. Some folks are perhaps starting to see it. We, we had a quote there from someone who sees the inconsistency, takes it the other way, and accepts homosexual marriage rather than saying, wait a minute, we need to back up and demand scriptural, biblical authority for all that we do. That's what we say. That's what we said all along is that we've got to have authority from God for everything that we do in our personal lives, in our collective lives together as a congregation. We've got to have Bible authority. The minute you leave that, then you open the barn door. Well, the barn door now includes homosexuality coming through. Um, it just highlights the problem with compromise. I think that's exactly right. Well, tonight what we want to do is still talk on that subject of compromise. But what we want to do is talk about how uh, we might avoid compromise. Uh, you know, some of the, in other words, if we understand some of the things that motivate it, uh, then maybe we can talk about some of the things we can do to avoid it. Yeah. And so here's the questions we sent out earlier today to our update mailing list. If you're not on that list, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and we'll get you on the list. And by the way, in regards to our list, we're using a new mail delivery service. Uh, and we think it's working pretty good. We, we noted that people who have Gmail accounts, this mail was going into something that's called your promotions tab, which is, I think, pretty equivalent to a spam folder. Sort of, uh, yeah. I mean, it technically uh, so, is a promotion. And so if you, if you have Gmail and you haven't been getting our updates, look in your tab that says promotions. And when you do that, and if you see one of our emails in there, like the email from today, right-click on that email and drag it over and drop it in your primary or what's that called? Is it called? Uh, I think it's called primary. Primary. Yeah. Let me see on my yeah. Gmail. But anyhow, you do that. You yeah, do it it's once. called primary. Drag it over to your primary folder. If you do that once, then Gmail should recognize that you want that email in your primary <coughs> folder, and it'll stop going into that promotions or spam folder. So we sent an email out to all our Gmail people and uh, tried to explain that. I hope everybody did that, and I think we're getting out. From our IT support person here. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah if, that, if I'm the IT guy, we're in big trouble. Yeah, well, that's all right. You got it. Okay. And it worked for me, so I think, uh, I think we're all right. All right. So here's the email we sent out earlier today, the questions we asked. Number one, some people argue for compromise because they say we are to live peaceably seek peace, and so forth. How would you respond to that? In other words, we, we're, to, we're to be peaceable people. We're to, have, we're to seek peace. We're to desire peace. And so we should compromise in order to have peace. Uh, let's talk about that. Number two, and this is sort of a summary of the things you guys talked about last week, Jacob. 
What are some of the damaging effects of compromise? Number three, what are some of the things that motivate people to compromise? Number four, can you give some examples from the Bible of people who compromised and it led to failure? And number five, how can we, quote, keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace from Ephesians 4 without compromising? All right, let us know your thoughts tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. And if you're in the chat room, sign in there and chat with other listeners tonight on the program. Lots of folks is coming in there, and uh, more will come hopefully as the hour goes along. And, um, well, Caleb is uh, giving some IT support in the chat room. See, you've got to listen to this program live so you can get that chat room. Caleb's helping uh, the folks there. Uh, oh, you can just disable that promotions tab entirely. Oh, you can? Yeah, just a tip, he says. It's what he, it's what he, he has done. Okay. Yeah, if you want those in your inbox. I don't okay. really want them in my inbox, so except for the virtual Bible study. Right. So, yeah, so a couple of different options. Jacob, we're getting different people saying they're not getting any video from us. Have we got a solution? Well, to I've that? got it on, on my, uh, on, well, I've got it on over here. So it may be different. Maybe try a different browser. If you, I, I know some huh. browsers are, are not liking your new video, so you might want to. We might want to change that if we can. Huh. Uh, well, uh, has that been has that been typical in previous weeks? I have had trouble on mine. I've not been seeing a lot of it in the chat room, so we'll have to work on that. All right. If, you're not if getting your video is black tonight, you can count your blessings um, and uh, just listen tonight. Okay. So the preview over here is black, where normally it's got. Oh, it's you. It's me. Go there and see if you can help right, me real I'll quick, Jacob. I'm going to put the camera on me here, Monty, and I. Uh, of course, they're not seeing that, maybe. But let's uh, let me let me let me expound a little bit upon the argument that some are making uh, for compromise. Are we? Something going on here. Are we good? We're good. We're all good. Okay. Uh, some people would use a verse like Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Where Romans 12:18 says, "If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Be peaceable," they would say. Or maybe over in chapter 14 of Romans, verse 19, "Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another." And when people read those verses, Jacob, they're going to make the argument: Well, we're supposed to be peaceful. We're supposed to be at peace. And so, you know, if if me and this other guy have a disagreement about doctrine. The only way that we can really be at peace is for us to compromise on that. We're going to have to back down. We're not going to be able to stand firm uh, on issues of doctrine. We're just going to have to compromise. That That is their argument. Um, they would use another verse like Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, where it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So they would say, well, you got peace is really important. you got to have peace. Now, I would I would agree that peace is an important thing and it's something that we ought to establish as a priority. Uh, in Ephesians chapter four, uh, beginning uh, verse one, Paul says, "I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace." So I, I would agree that pursuing peace is a very important priority. It is a priority, yeah. And I, sometimes I'm afraid people don't make it a priority. Right. Uh, and sometimes Christians act like that's not even on their radar screen as something. It, it's important, but peace is not to be had at the forfeiture of sound preaching, teaching, and you know we can't compromise the truth right. in order to have peace. Peace is important. In other words. Uh, God does not want us to have peace at the sacrifice of what's right. Uh, I'm reminded of a situation uh, with the Apostle Paul. He talked about it in Galatians chapter 2. When he went up to Jerusalem to sort of confront the situation of the Judaizing teachers, they were coming from Jerusalem and they were teaching false doctrine uh, about Gentile converts and their need to be circumcised. And he went up there to meet them, uh, but really he went to the source of the trouble. He went to he went to Jerusalem to deal with that, and some people tried to you know sort of in an underhanded way entrap him. And he said in uh, Galatians chapter two verse five, "To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you." Well, you know, someone could say, "Well, Paul, you, you you should you should compromise a little." You know, I mean, this is very important to those people, and we ought to back you ought to back down, and sort of you know, 
find a middle ground, compromise. And Paul said, not for an hour. And so I think that sort of an argumentation would prove that we can't compromise the truth for peace. Monty? Well, when the first scripture you read, it said, as much as lies within you, pursue peace with all men, tells us that there's sometimes that we can't have peace because we can't compromise on the scriptures. We can't compromise on our doctrine. So for my part, I have to pursue that peace, but it has to be doctrinal peace according to the Bible. I can't compromise on that. And if standing on the truth of the gospel doesn't get us to peace because the other person won't stand on it, then it wasn't possible for me to do it, but I can't compromise. Exactly right. right. All right, and, and we see there in Galatians chapter 2, these folks were compelling others to sin, leading others astray, and that's a serious issue. We can't look the other way. Paul got in their face. We've got to cut this out. I'm, right. trying, I'm trying to see if I can get a, a browser oh, to okay. open this. All right, well, how thing. about uh, you on the other end of the line tonight? Let us know, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, guest 1086. Needs to be looking at making doing some repenting, I believe. Uh, guest 1086 says, looking great. And I know that can't be honest. Uh, <laughs> so you, I don't know about that. Well, we may have, but I'm not getting it to come up in, in, All right. on my well, computer. We've got, uh, I think we've got some browser issues there, so hopefully it could be some other issues there. Yeah, All right. Uh, Rick in the chat room says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits. Without variance, without hypocrisy, James chapter 3, verse 17. He says, wisdom from above right. is first pure. He references James yeah, 3, right. 17. Right, first right. pure, then peaceable. Yeah. So the doctrinal purity is first, and beyond that, peace has to be our priority. Exactly right. I think that's the way it has to go. Thank you, Rick. So, again, to those who argue... Our, our first question was, some people argue for compromise because they say we are to live peaceably, seek peace, and so forth. We agree. And so our response to that is, we agree peace is an important priority. We're, we're, we accept that. But what you have to establish is that God wants peace at the compromise of truth, and you can't do that when you go to the Scriptures. You find You find arguments that clearly indicate that Standing for truth is more important than maintaining peace. And Monty's right. got it on his phone over there. I, mean. I was trying to. <laughs> uh, uh, on that on that browser question, Jacob, uh, I had to to play with that video window. If you if you guys will keep clicking on that, uh, I think you might get it to come up. I, okay. I had to click on it about five times before it finally started okay. playing. All right. So can't uh, we can't compromise. For the sake of peace, we've got to demand doctrinal purity. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, that's, Monty, you'll hear this a lot with uh, folks who maybe who are in dealing with family situations where someone is not living as they should. The temptation, obviously, is to compromise on moral issues and uh, perhaps and uh, not condemn certain activities or lifestyles because we want there to be peace in the family. We certainly see the fallacy of that. I mean, are we going to be at peace with our family as we watch them live in such a way that will send them straight to hell? We've got to demand purity and and not compromise on issues of, of doctrinal truth. Well, that's the whole point of standing on the doctrinal truth so that we can all have that opportunity to go to heaven as the Bible promises us. And if we see someone living in sin and, and we're so absorbed and wanting to be at peace and have peace in the family and everybody just get along and, you know, like we may have seen on the, some old TV show or something, we think, oh, like, leave it to Beaver or Ozzy and Harriet. Well, that's not realistic. We have to stand on the truth because we don't want our, our loved ones to be lost. And, right. and, and if we don't stand on the truth and do what's required there, then basically we're just saying, oh, we're just so tickled to death they're going to hell. All right. You know, sometimes I, I use the expression, people are willing to let others go to hell in a good humor. Yeah. In other words, don't upset them. Don't, don't, don't. Don't shake the boat. Don't rock the boat. Don't yeah. don't glad you know, hand them all the way there. Make sure they're happy yeah. as they're on their way to hell. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll take a break. Oh, we're ready for a break. We're okay. Ready. When we come back, we're going to just sort of summarize some of the things you guys talked about last week, Jacob. Yeah. Show show yeah. how compromise really doesn't work. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. Get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. 
Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hi. My name is Mike Johnson. I'm a member here at the College of You Church of Christ. Have you ever heard someone say that the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic? Generally, people say this when we say that we must be careful to follow all the commands that God has given us. When we say, God says we must do this, or God doesn't command us to do that, people respond with, the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic. Well, while it may be impossible to know exactly what people mean when they make this accusation, if they are accusing us of being legalistic because we say that we should follow all the instructions that God has given us, then that accusation is correct. But let me ask you this. Which of the commands that God has given us should we ignore? Can we pick and choose which commands we follow, or must we follow them all? Jesus said we have to follow all the commands of God when he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We want to call Jesus our Lord, so we try to follow all the commandments that he has given us us. We don't in any way think that following God's commands earns our salvation, but we do think it is necessary to be pleasing to Him. Here at the College of You Church of Christ, we're trying to follow every command that God has given us. If, as a result, some people call us legalistic, then so be it. We think it's what God calls being righteous. Here's some quotes worth pondering. The fact that our citizenship is in heaven ought to make us better citizens on earth. Have you developed the habit of complaining? Do you gripe about every little thing? If so, you need to realize that your constant griping is an offense to God, a discouragement to other Christians, and a poor testimony to the lost. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and uh, we are glad that you're with us as we talk about compromise and the damaging effects of it. Um, all right, go ahead. You know what, Jake, if we haven't even... Uh, I don't know if you guys did last week or not. We haven't really offered a... A definition of what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, so let me give you a, def- a dictionary definition of compromise. Here it is. A settlement by arbitration or by mutual consent reached by concession on both sides, a reciprocal abatement of extreme demands or rights resulting in agreement, a committal to something objectionable, a surrender yeah. as a compromise of character or right. <laughs> In other words, compromise is a surrender. Yeah. You know, uh, I like to uh, I like to get drunk. I like to drink alcohol and get drunk, and and you've been saying that that's a sin. I'm I'm just not happy with you saying that that's a sin because that's something I like to do. Yeah. So uh, we're we're at odds with each other because you're condemning my practice of yeah. drinking alcohol. Right. So we got to have peace, and the only way we're gonna have because I won't keep drinking my alcohol. You've got to surrender your position. Yeah. Uh, you know, but not, but not all the way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to go all the way. Maybe you say, "Well, if you only get drunk once a month, yeah, then I'll yeah. stop talking yeah. about it, or yeah. something." Maybe you know, I got to give a little. You got to give a little. We got to meet some. Got to reach some middle ground on this. And we had some quotes last week that showed that compromise and the progression of compromise uh, in denominations. How initially they stood on the truths of God's word about marriage and divorce and remarriage, and then over time we saw them giving, as it says here, you're, you're giving. Uh, and they started to say, well, you can get remarried if you are committed to make sure the next marriage works right. Yeah. And Or you can get married if you have lots of time to think about it and you've gotten some counseling. Then you can get remarried. And now it's just you get remarried anytime you want. Yeah. And then the next step is, well, homosexual marriage is okay. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a, it's a gradual giving and moving away from the Scripture. I think that's exactly right. In other words, it's, it's a, a willingness to adjust your beliefs to accommodate someone who differs with you. Yeah. And, you know, when you put it that way, I, I can't believe that anybody would say that that sounds acceptable. Well, yeah. really, it's a willingness to adjust your beliefs to accommodate sin. Yeah, really. Because it falls down to. Because typically the compromise is with people who are engaged in something the Bible condemns, sin. Mm-hmm. That's what sin is. So here, usually the compromises that we're seeing take place in the religious world, here's this person or this group of people, and they're engaged in something the Bible condemns, and the compromise is to to say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stop condemning it. Yeah. Now, if my view of the Scriptures is that they're rigid and, uh, and they're not flexible and they're not changing, it's harder for me to compromise. But one technique that is often employed by those who are encouraging compromise is to Say, you know, it's not black and white. There's it, they, These gray areas start to grow and enlarge. and Everything in the Bible now becomes a gray area, and there's no absolutes. It's sort of, it's sort of flimsy, and, and it just depends on how you want to look at it. 
that's a when we start to view the scriptures as not being the authority from God is they're just sort of uh, depends on your culture it depends on your time frame and your background then we begin to have the, the fertile ground for making these compromises I think that's exactly right uh, in the chat room um, Randy in Michigan says that Paul said in First Corinthians one verse ten. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I think Randy's right to point that out. What Paul said we should be seeking for is not compromise, but that we would be in agreement. And really the only agreement that we can have is upon the word of God. Uh, Kevin says, I don't change my behavior if I'm comfortable. We need to feel that there's a need to change or we'll continue without friction along the same path. In other words, what I think what Kevin is saying there, if if my teaching sort of irritates you, then maybe that will lead you to, to make your, the needed changes you need to make. But if I water it down because I'm afraid I'm going to offend you, then I'm not then I'm not going to be that that force that will help you need, make the needed changes in your life. And I think that's what Kevin is is talking about there. That's right. Guest twelve sixty three says, I think there is a way to still have peace without compromising. If someone argues for something, we can turn to the scripture and show them why we don't agree to compromise with them. If they're seeking the truth, they will let the matter go. Okay. So we can't have peace by all lining up with what the scriptures teach. All right, let's, we, we asked the question, uh, what are some of the damages of damaging effects of compromise? One is that we, uh, we sort of are splitting our loyalty. Our loyalty is supposed to be first and foremost to God. But when we compromise, then, then we're, we're giving up some of our loyalty to God in order to pacify someone else. You know, in other words, it, it we know that God, must be first in our lives, Matthew 6, verse 33. But if, if if I am willing to yield on putting him first and following his word foremost in order to pacify somebody else, then I've sort of split my loyalties between God and that other person, and we can't do that. Well, actually, you cease to put God first. You yeah. put that other person first and God second because you want to make them happy rather than making God happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I think when we do that, we're setting a, a principle, we're setting a precedent, I guess is what I want to say. We're setting a precedent that will cause weak people to go astray. Uh, I saw you, Monty, compromise that, on that thing with that fellow the other day, and it seemed like it worked pretty good, you know. So maybe I should compromise too, you know. If, if you had a weak, impressionable Christian there and they, they saw this compromise, Usually what happens is the young, the weak, and so forth, they're going to take it a step farther than you yeah. did, right? In other words, you thought, you thought it was okay in this instance. Now, that's not what you typically do. You, you usually don't compromise, but in this instance, you decided you would. Well, the, the, the message, the lesson to others will be, well, Monty did it, and it seemed like it was a pretty good thing. Then they'll take it, they'll take it farther. I think we've seen that in a religious world. I think we've seen that among some of our own brethren. You know, they wanted to they wanted to make a compromise here or there, and the and the result of it is that others took that way farther than what yeah, they wanted to right. do. Right, we're seeing it in the in the yeah. in in uh, churches today, and it is if you say, well, the compromise on, for instance, instrumental music is too far. We can't compromise on that, or the compromise on homosexual marriage is too far. We can't compromise on that. On what basis do you make that ground? If you've made any compromise, if you've done anything where you say, I know the scriptures say that don't give me authority for that, or even flat out condemn it, and, well, we're going to bend a little bit here. If you've done any of that, you cannot consistently and logically say that homosexual marriage is wrong. You cannot consistently and logically say instrumental music is wrong. We're seeing folks who are at least being consistent by accepting these things. Because they admit, we've done other things without scriptural authority. And so there's no big deal in doing these. And we've got to understand that that's where this leads. Yeah. Paul said clearly in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, he said, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That doesn't sound like a compromising spirit to me. Uh, then in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 6, 
I can get my Bible open to that. Second Corinthians six. Uh, if if you begin at verse fourteen, Paul said, "Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth uh, with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols?" So you know all of that. Paul suggests. I mean, it, it seems pretty clear that his his idea was. There's got to be there's got to be separation here. There can't be a blending, a compromise, uh, sort of a uh, um, sort of a marriage of the two. And then, of course, a famous passage along these same lines is Second John, Second John, verse nine: Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not to your house. Neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deed. Doesn't sound like compromise. Doesn't sound like compromise to me. There's some good comments in the chat room. Uh, Guest 1086 says, There was no gray area in the Old Testament when God dealt with man. He always gave detailed instructions, and he never changes. And that it is uh, somewhat of an indictment against God to say that God gave us the Bible, and all it is is a bunch of gray area that we can't understand. It's all this sort of, it's it, you know, God just gave us some mumbo-jumbo that, well, your guess is as good as mine. Monty, it's an indictment against him and what he said about his word. I would suggest to you that there's not a gr- any gray areas in the Bible when you get right down to it. There may be areas that I haven't adequately studied in order to properly understand them. They may be areas I need help in, and I might have to study with you to get some help in understanding it. But it's not a gray area. It's just something I haven't given sufficient study to yet. Because God, being all-powerful, knows what we need, and he was sufficiently able to reveal this word to us so that we can. And we're commanded to know and understand it. It's not, And if it's command, that means we have the ability to do it. So there's not gray areas in there that we're sort of left in limbo on. But we need to study and understand it. That's our job. God's That's our told, responsibility. He's told us we can. Uh, Randy in Michigan tonight says, Our God does not change. He references Malachi 3, verse 7, For I am the Lord, I change not. Uh, so God is, uh, in the Old Testament, gave clear and understandable instructions. In the New Testament, he has as well. Caleb in the chat room says, That's why institutional churches are in the state they are in now. Some of their members would never allow instrumental music or female preachers, etc. When you begin to compromise the scriptures, you open the path to go farther and farther away from God. Yeah, and that's true, Caleb. Thank you for that observation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim and Jim by email, Jim in Kentucky said, one thing that happens when we compromise is that we become complacent with it. When we fight for something unto the end, we learn to defend it with all we have. When we compromise and give up or give in. We never learn what it means to use all of our resources. Saints are admonished to be faithful even unto death, Revelation 2, verse 10. All right. And um, Kevin says that we need to be consistent. He says, rather than being consistent like some who are who are saying, well, we've compromised in other areas, we have to compromise here. No, Kevin says we need to be consistent in following every precept of God. I think that's right. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, um, Ramona in Texas says... Uh, the effect of compromise is it can cause your it can cause faith's fire to go out. Departure from the standards of God's word causes division. Romans sixteen seventeen tears apart close friendships and causes untold suffering to the individual believer or organization that desires to be true uh, to the call of Christ. It weakens the church. It introduces destructive influences of Satan and sin among God's people. Uh, she quotes R. L. Whiteside. The man who causes division in the Lord's church by the introduction of things not taught is an enemy of Christ, even though he may not think so. That's from his Whiteside's commentary on Romans. There's a, we got just a minute here, Jay. There's an interesting episode from the life of J.W. McGarvey. Many people will recognize the name J.W. McGarvey. Uh, he was a preacher of a century ago. Uh, he wrote some well-known commentaries. A lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people listening, have McGarvey's commentary on Acts, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um but when he when he was preaching, living and preaching, there was uh, the problem of instrumental music being brought into the churches, and there was a great division brewing uh, over instrumental music and some other things too. But uh, here's here's some information along from from his life's history. Uh, 
he was he was faced with a church dividing over issues like the use the use of instrumental music he thought he could stern that stem the tide by accepting meeting invitations at congregations that accepted instruments here's what he told some young preachers late in his life he realized he'd made a mistake now this was back in when the this would yeah this was the late 1800s when the christian church was beginning to adopt yeah yeah, Yeah, okay uh he, he said you are on the he told some young preachers who were opposing instruments he says you are on the right road and whatever you do don't let anyone persuade you that you can successfully combat error by fellowshipping it and going along with it i have tried i believed at the start that 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 was the only way to do it I've never held membership in a congregation that used instrumental music. I have, however, accepted invitations to preach uh, with distinctions between church with no distinction between churches that used it and churches that didn't. I've gone along with their papers and magazines and things of that sort. During all these years, I have taught the truth as the New Testament teaches it to every young preacher who passed through the College of the Bible. Yet I do not know of more than six of them who are preaching the truth today. It won't work. In other words, he was teaching them to that that instrumental music was unscriptural, but he was compromising and associating with people who used it. So his words were against it, but his practice was was compromise, and people followed his compromise rather than his words. Unbelievable. We need to get a break and get this week's bullet point. When we get back, we'll get your thoughts. As we talk about compromise and the problems that come along with it, you know, there's a lot. We've seen a lot of the consequences. There's got to be some motivation for it. What's causing people? I mean, there's some dire consequences from compromise. Look at the religious world around us today, and they're accepting anything and everything. What motivates people to compromise? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. We'll get this week's bullet point and get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. 25 years ago in the Presbyterian Survey, that's a publication of the Presbyterian Church USA, John C. Purdy dealt with the following question, quote, should women be elders or deacons in the church and is there a scripture on this? This, of course, is a practice that's allowed in that denomination, and Purdy wrote in defense of the practice. He cited their Book of Order, Articles of Agreement, number 9, and noted that, quote, they did not begin the practice until well into the 20th century. The General Assemblies debated the matter and altered their constitutions to permit women to be ordained to these offices, unquote. Don't you wonder how these men decided after nearly 2,000 years that it was okay to have women serve as elders and deacons? Who gave them the right to legislate such things? Were they able to change something which was formerly wrong into something that is now right by a simple vote of the General Assemblies? The answers to our questions are found by looking deeper into Purdy's response. He said, quote, The scriptures are not a book of rules to which we can go for direct guidance on such matters. The book of order is such a book of rules. Do you see it? He admitted that they do not regard the Bible as a complete and perfect guide, but their own human creed book is. Little wonder, then, that they feel free to change the rules to fit their own fancy. This problem is common throughout the denominational religious world. Purdy went on to conclude, quote, If it's not proper for women to be ordained to these offices, then the Presbyterian Church has a lot to answer for, unquote. We heartily agree with his conclusion. And we have one final question. Are you at all surprised that this same denomination voted in their General Assembly just last year to recognize and endorse same-sex marriage? In fact, they did so by an overwhelming vote of 429 to 175. No, we're not surprised at that outcome, because once there's a departure from God's word as the absolute standard for our faith and practice, there's really no stopping place. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You know, this technology, people can get podcasts all over the place. You People can get our podcast and have never been to our website. And so we need to give out our website. It is thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you've just been listening to the podcast, you haven't gone and checked that out, there's lots of resources that aren't in the podcast feed there. Check it out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if 
you've never sent us an email, we'd love to hear from you wherever you are. Maybe just send us an email and tell us you're listening. And maybe just tell us where you are. You don't have to give us your name or any personal information. Just say, I'm out here listening so we know. Uh, questions yeah. at collegeview.com. Exactly, exactly. So, all right. We're talking about compromise. We're talking about the dangers of it. We're talking about the effects of it. But let's talk now about what motivates it. That's one of the questions we sent out to our update list earlier. What are some of the things that motivate people to compromise? 1086 says the love of money is always at the root of all forms of evil. Compromise and tolerance notwithstanding the bigger Barnes concept. 1086 says there may be some financial reasons for compromise. I think we're seeing that in some of the mega churches and folks that are unwilling to take a stand against anything because it might affect uh, the bottom line. Yeah, so money might be it. Yeah. Uh, Jim in, uh, in uh, Kentucky, he's got an interesting list. He's got, what, five things here. Number one, the majority. I want to be in the majority. You know, I, I hate to be a, an outsider. I, I hate to be sort of counted as an oddball. I want to I want to be accepted as mainstream or normal. Yeah. And so I, I've got to compromise my position sort of to line up with what everybody else is thinking and yeah. doing. So yeah. be, trying to be in the majority. Popularity. Popularity. You know, I, I want people to like me. Nobody I, I, likes to be you know, unliked. Nobody unpopular. wants to be unliked. And so I, just, I want people to like I don't me. I want to think I'm a- yeah. And so, so I, I want to be in the majority. I want, I want to be popular. Uh, I want to continue in fellowship with a particular group. You know, those people are my friends. Uh, that, that's actually that's my sort of my social circle. Uh, that's the people I associate with. That's the people I do things with. That's that's my those are my people. I've known Bob and Sandy for years, and I know that divorce is wrong, but I just can't. Uh I don't want to separate my association. So, with so a desire to continue in fellowship yeah. with certain ones. Fourth, he says they don't want to be seen as not getting along. You know, you're really you're really just a a, a well, not head. You're just a hard head. head. You're just a hard headed old Can't stubborn mule. Old, yep. And you know, every time something comes up, you keep quoting scriptures to us. Get over that, will you? And stop being so stubborn. You yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, finally, they are not truly convicted of the truth. That it is the only way. I think that's right. I think Jim nailed that. Uh, exactly, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Kevin in the chat room says, one of the challenges in his life is which issues to spend my energy teaching upon. I could walk down the hall over any office for eight hours and hear much religious untruth. Interjecting myself into every conversation and clearing up religious falsehoods could make my work day very unproductive. So my behavior can be to ignore some things simply because of time constraints. This logical approach can then lead me to not helping anyone at all, everyone that I can. A bit of a dilemma, but one I can continue to improve on. We appreciate Kevin for his desire and his concern about that, and certainly it is a challenge to decide uh, which uh, which fights to take up and which to allow to pass by. That's right. Um, Caleb says compromise is always easier than anything else. People today seem to make life simple. Look at what we have in our house, houses and work. It is much easier to compromise, hence the draw of it. And Caleb's getting down to maybe the root of one issue why people would compromise. He says the motivation of, to compromise is that it is easy and it keeps us happy and everyone on the earth. With, with everyone, with on everyone earth. yeah. No one dislikes me, for I'm now seeking the approval of, or for, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I think that's a really good verse there, Galatians 1, verse 10. Galatians 1, 10. Who, Thank you, who are we trying to please here, God or man? Who's your master? Un- unfortunately, many are trying to please man rather than God. On the subject of clarity of the scriptures, guess 1263 makes an interesting comment. It says, I will say revelation is very hard to understand. Since a small child, I've never had absolute clarity on ev- of everything. I am, however, to tr- able to trust God because I have the clarity of almost every other book. Uh, and guess 1263 makes an interesting comment. Revelation is a difficult book to understand. Some of the things that Paul wrote were difficult to understand. How do you say, I mean, we say that God has given us instructions that we can follow. How do you answer the argument, well, what about the book of Revelation? Well, I think he, he uh, guess 1263 says, I have clarity of, of other books. In other words, 
whatever Revelation teaches, and I think we can get the main gist of Revelation. It's a difficult book, but I think it's possible. It's certainly possible to get the main idea of Revelation. But what we know is that nothing in Revelation contradicts anything else that's taught in the Scriptures. And, and usually that's a pretty good principle to use when we're studying the Bible. Let the things that are easy to understand help us understand the things that are harder to understand. Yeah. So, for instance, anybody who would try to use the book of Revelation to teach that, you know, there's, the, the end is coming soon or try to predict the, the, the specify the time of the end using prophecies in Revelation, well, that can't be right because Jesus said we don't know the day or the hour. Uh, only the Father in heaven does. So, you know, I think that the principle that's stated there by guess 1263 is, is the right one. But there are going to be some things in the scriptures that are hard for under, uh, us to understand. There are going to be things, questions that we can't answer. But I th- think the takeaway is that we can understand God's will for us. Yeah. He's made it clear for us to know what he wants us to do in order to be right with him. That is understandable. Yeah. I think that's right. Okay. Uh, Ramona in Texas gives several suggestions. We've commented on most of these already, but I think she's really got a good list here. What are some of the things that motivate people to compromise? To stop arguments, to go with the flow, to please all people, uh, to compromise because others do it, uh, compromise with the question, what will it hurt? Yeah. Uh, Compromise with the idea God didn't really mean it. It says it, but it doesn't really mean it. Yeah. And then she says some people compromise just because they're lazy. Yeah, it's, it's easier to compromise than to try to fight. Yeah, fighting the good fight sort of sounds like a lot of work to me. And uh, you know, I don't, I didn't pick any fight here. I don't want to have any. I mean, it's not, it's not me. I'm doing, I'm just doing my thing here. Why, why do I need to take up a, take up a fight for what's right? Yeah. It's, it, all right. Um, you mentioned earlier in the discussion, Jacob, maybe family ties. And we've known, we've all known of people who compromised on what they believed in order to accommodate somebody in their family. Mm-hmm. Family ties certainly cause compromise. Uh, fear of losing friendships, uh, fear of receiving an, a negative reaction, mm-hmm. all of those kind of things. Uh, of course, you know, the idea of being afraid is spoken to in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 21, verse 8 the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second day at death. Fearful. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of losing a friend. I'm afraid of offending a family member. I'm afraid of getting a negative reaction. Wait a minute. What does that say about the fearful? If, you're, if, you, if you act based upon those kind of fears, you're going to be lost. I'm afraid or, there's a lot of religious people who wouldn't commit a lot of those sins in that list, but that fearful one, I'm afraid, is one that we're gonna, there are going to be a lot of people who are guilty of. You know, you know, in Revelation 2.10, at the beginning of that verse, it says not to be afraid of the persecutions that they were fixing to suffer. So sometimes we'll compromise because if we don't, we're going to be persecuted in some manner or another. Exactly. Fear maybe, of persecution. maybe we'll lose our job if we if we don't back down off of some religious principle we've got. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to work on Sunday because boss, I worship God on well, Sunday. Well, your boss tells you to lie yeah. in, in order to get a contract. Well, I've got to. I've got to do that to keep my job. Yeah. I'm afraid to lose my job if I if I resist him tell what he told me to do. That's compromise. Fearfulness. That's fearfulness. Yep. Uh, you know, along the same line of fearfulness, I think the reason some people compromise is because, and I've heard people actually say this, that they don't like con- confrontation. I yeah. just don't. I just don't like confrontation. You know? I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. No. Uh, when you think about it, though, all of the all of the heroes of the faith in the Bible were people who were not afraid of confrontation. Uh, Paul, Elijah, Elijah, the famous confrontation on Mount Carmel. Certainly, Jesus would be the ultimate example. The very people he knew were going to kill him. Ultimately, he didn't back down. He didn't compromise. Turn to the latter part of Hebrews chapter eleven and read about the folks that were getting sawn in two, yeah. fed to lions. And they had the opportunity to compromise. You know, they did. They uh, in that uh, what we read there in Hebrews chapter eleven, not accepting deliverance. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would have. I mean, they could have got out of it. It yeah. would have been yeah. so simple. All good. I've got to do is just, I'm uh, just a little bit. God won't mind if I just compromise a little bit. Yet they stood firm in the face of all of that. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, I was listening to a radio a talk show program one time, and it was in the time frame when one of those people had gotten their head cut off by the Muslims over in the Middle yeah, East somewhere yeah. with a butcher knife. And they was talking about some people that said, okay, I'll denounce Jesus like you want me to, 
in order to get to live. And then when they got back in a safe place, well, we really didn't mean it. Yeah. Well, they compromised on a principle that saying, okay, I can lie and say I didn't denounce, that I don't believe in Jesus, even though I'm going to later say I really did. Well, they compromised just to save their life. And that's exactly the opposite. They accepted that deliverance that Hebrews 11 said those other people denied. They could have had that deliverance. They could have denied Jesus and been okay as far as physically, but they would rather went to heaven. And, you know, this. what was funny to me is this talk radio host says, and I think God understands that. He, he understands. He's not, he's not going to be put out with them people over that. And I thought, well, he's saying be faithful to death, and they weren't. That's yeah. exactly right. In yeah. other words, uh, and it's easy for us to sit here in the comfort of our, you know, easy lives. Nobody got a butcher knife to Nobody's my got a butcher knife to my throat. I can imagine that voice in the back of your head would be so loud. I just have to, just a little bit. Yeah. Now, do I really have to take this all the way, uh, and, I, and, and I don't want to get off on this, but I think all of us have got to prepare ourselves for the potential that that could come to us. It could happen suddenly. It could happen in our lifetimes. You know, we just we've lived in such peaceful times here in the United States, and we've not been under threat of serious persecution. That uh, maybe we're not ready for it if it came. We 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 have to be committed that we will not compromise our stand for God's truth, even under threat of bodily harm. Yeah, and that's hard, and it's hard. It's hard not to be afraid. All right, all right. We need to get our last break. When we come back, Jacob, we want to talk about a couple of Bible examples, at least, of people who compromised and it blew up in their face. And then we want to talk about how can we keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Ephesians four verse four, or no, Ephesians four three. Uh, how can we do that? Uh, and not compromise. All right, we'll take this break and get your thoughts as we go to the top of the hour right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hello, everyone. I'm Wade Shelton, a member of the College View Church of Christ. If you're like me, you've probably heard a lot of rumors about what the Church of Christ is all about. But regardless of what the rumors you may have heard, let me just quickly tell you what we are about. The College View Church of Christ is simply a group of Christians that is committed to doing everything that God has commanded us in exactly the way that he commanded us to do it. So we just simply open our Bibles and study them to determine what God has commanded us to do, and then we try to do it. It's just really that simple. Are you interested in being part of a group of people who have this approach to serving God? If so, I hope you will join me and my family as we worship God with the College View Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Surveys from a recent school year show that 46% of public schools reported at least one student threat of physical attack without a weapon, and 8% of schools reported such a threat with a weapon. 25% of schools reported at least one incident of the distribution, possession, or use of illegal drugs, and 14% reported the distribution, possession, or use of alcohol. 10% of inner-city schools reported at least one gang-related crime. That information is via the National Center for Education Statistics. The Word of God says in 2 Timothy 3, beginning verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight and some good comments coming in the chat room. Arthur in the chat room references Exodus 23, verse 2, where the children of Israel were told, you shall not follow a crowd to do evil. Good one. That's a good one, good Arthur. One. God warned the yeah. children of Israel about this idea of compromise. Yeah. Bronze Angel in the chat room says, in my opinion, some compromise is the result of feelings of guilt for past historical wrongs, resulting in some overcorrecting in an effort to right past wrongs. This tactic is used in politics all the, all of the time. And this compromise has infiltrated the church as well. Yeah. I think that may be uh, a problem. You know, we've done bad things in the past. Maybe we were so now we got to soften up a little bit. Soften up. Maybe so. Yeah. Maybe yep. so. Randy in Michigan says Nadab and Abihu. I am sure they wish they did not compromise with the will of God and got the fire that they were told to do in Leviticus chapter ten verses one and two. He references the fact that they got strange fire, which the Lord had not commanded. 
and uh, the fire went out and devoured them. There yeah. was no compromise acceptable with God. Jim in Kentucky mentions Nadab and Abihu too. Uh, they used fire, but not the right kind. Thank you, Randy. R- Ramona Thank you. mentions Jehoshaphat, but she didn't give any explanation what she meant by his compromise that led to failure. Was Jehoshaphat the one who went with Ahab into battle, and Ahab said, you dress up like a king, and I'll so. just rep, I'll just dress up like a regular guy. What was he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I think Jehoshaphat wasn't really. You put a target on your body. <laughs> I'll hide. I think that's the story she's referring to. I, and if, if that's the one, I, I've always thought he wasn't the sharpest <laughs> knife in the drawer. Yeah. Uh, Adam, a, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. I'm not sure. She didn't give an, a, how she, an explanation how she sees compromise there. Cain, but certainly they did compromise on. I mean, God said not to. They didn't stand for, the, didn't stand stand for what was right. right. Well, they actually compromised with Satan. And, yeah. Uh, and maybe Cain as well. She mentions Cain. Yeah, thank you, uh, Ramona, for those. Another person suggested Reuben in the matter. Of, he was trying to, you know, the brothers wanted to kill Joseph. Reuben didn't want to go along with that. So he said, let's, he just, put him in, let, let's just put him yeah. in the pit. He, he really wanted to come along later and let him out, but he, uh, he didn't have control of the situation. Once he started compromising with him, instead of just saying, no way, man, we're not doing that, he, he, he tried to strike a compromise. With the idea, I'll be able to come back later and let him out of the pit. Yeah. But when he compromised, he lost control of the situation. He should have just, from the get-go, said, no way, we're not doing it. And that, uh, that, that, that's important to note. When you compromise, you do give up the ground that you're standing on. You're, uh, you're moving towards them. They're not moving towards you. Yeah. 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 I, I like that idea. You lose, you lose control losing, of the situation. That's right. And then uh, someone suggested Solomon. Uh, and, of course, mm-hmm. Solomon became unfaithful to God in an effort to appease his foreign wives. He had so many wives, and they took his heart away from God. Uh, he compromised God. With, uh, for the sake of his wives, he compromised and began to worship idols. Yeah, yeah good, good, good ones there. Yeah. Uh, we've recently talked about Abraham and his line about his wife. Um, he was in a sticky situation. He compromised on the truth there. We saw that. We see that. I mean, we can look lots of places when things get tight and get sticky. People want to compromise. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's spend our last few minutes here, Jacob, talking about our last question. How can we keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? That's the statement that's found in Ephesians 4, verse 9, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. How can we do that without compromising? Well, uh, uh, before we leave, Bronze Angel says Moses compromised on marriage. I think she's referring Jesus, to Jesus. What saying, Jesus said in Matthew 19, yeah. verse, what is that about, verse 7? Um, because of the hardness of your heart. Yeah, uh, God permitted it. Moses. From the beginning, it was not so. See and how that, so there was some compromise and some some uh, failure to honor God's plan. In the, the, in the, the Pharisees asked Jesus, Matthew 19, 7, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put away, put his wife away? Jesus said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Uh, very good. I like that I like that one, Bronze Angel. Thank you. All right. Um, so how can we keep the unity of the Spirit without compromise? No, right. we, we are, as we said at the start of the program, peace is a priority. It's an important thing. How can we do it? Well, I think a starting place here, Jacob, is to acknowledge there is truth. There is truth. There is There is a... A, an objective truth of God. Uh, Thy word is truth, Jesus said in John 17, verse 17. God's word is truth. Now, I, I understand that we, we struggle sometimes with, with some issues in, in understanding and properly interpreting and applying that truth. But we should have a strong, a strong commitment to the very idea that there is Truth and it's knowable. Uh, now we can we we can talk about some situation that we still struggle with, you know, as as uh, getting to the bottom of that. But we got to start with the premise that there is truth and it's it's discernible, it's knowable. It's not like well, we're just going to have to get along, go along because nobody can nobody nobody has you know any basis. We got a basis. In God's truth. That's a very fundamental concept, and it is a concept that is misunderstood by so many in the religious world today. And the, the idea that, well, it's all relative. You see it your way, I'll see it my way. Many people have gone down that road, and it has opened the door for this kind of compromise. 
And so we've got to stand on the fact that there is a truth, it is absolute, and it can be understood. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, something else we have to understand about that absolute truth, whatever that is, it's not, it's not my prerogative to change it. I don't have that right or authority to dis- determine or to set what this standard or what the truth is. God, that was his, and he set and determined that standard. My only option is either to follow it or not. Right, right, that's right. Uh Something else we've got to do is 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 keep striving to grow stronger in this truth. Absolutely. Ephesians four verse fourteen that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ. So you know, uh, keep keep studying, keep growing. Second Peter three eighteen grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we're all growing in in our knowledge of God's truth, then a lot of these a lot of these issue areas w- should dissolve away as we work hard. I'm not saying they're all going to dissolve away easily, right? But a lot of the di- a lot of the difficult areas will dissolve away as we keep working. That's for right. Truth. There is if there if we understand there is a truth and that we all need to get in line with that truth. If we're all determined that we're going to get there that we're going to work to, to that goal then we can have unity and we can be united okay um let me let me give you some list uh from ramona in texas she says speak the same thing no vain babbling disputes of words which could cause weakness no division division is not justifiable uh, perfected together in the same mind the same judgment that's first corinthians 1 verse 10 uh, she says, I find some people on Facebook just like to argue and nitpick the Bible, causing disruptions. They are weakening the faith. I stay away from them. I want to keep my faith strong. Appreciate that, Ramona. So I think yeah. Ramona mentions that. That's right. Thank you, Ramona. Uh, Jim in Kentucky mentions Romans 14. Apply Romans 14. If both sides of an issue will seek to obey truth, then unity can be maintained. I think that's right. And uh, Arthur makes a good comment in the chat room. Therefore, be not unwise. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Yeah, Randy says truth is like God in that it does not change. I think that's right. And guest 1263 says, I like to teach my kids that it is okay to ask questions regarding the Bible and God. Whether they think it is a silly question or not, this is so important for growing in faith. I think this is where Christians begin to want to compromise. They haven't been as educated in the Word. Certainly. If you don't understand the word and if you're not grounded in it, then it will be very easy for you to compromise because, well, if you're doing something and you don't understand why you're doing it, then that's just your personal preference or personal opinion. And then, well, why shouldn't I compromise with yours? Because I'm not founded on and grounded in the scriptures. Yeah. And and in regards to what Randy said in the chat room, truth is like God in that it does not change. I don't know. We we were busy trying to run some things down here during the power or during the uh, bullet point but i referenced a case in the presbyterian church in our bullet point bullet point where they admitted that they've let women in leadership roles now but but that's just been within the last centuries you know just within the last hundred years they did that they took a vote and they changed in other words it was wrong for women to have leadership roles in the presbyterian church until within the last century uh, they, he, the guy said we were well into the 20th century before we made that change. They, they voted on it in the General Assemblies. Well, <clears throat> if, if we can vote and change, then truth has changed. It was wrong for women to have leadership roles before. Now it's okay because yeah. we took a vote. Truth doesn't change. You know, that's the thing. You see these, these churches changing their position on so many things, but I have not seen any public confessions of wrong. Yeah, was, were they wrong to a, to, they don't uh, ever come uh, back and out and say we were we sinned because we didn't let women have leadership roles we before. Didn't now we think that we, now we think we should. Now we think we should. We, we were we were wrong to oppose homosexuality. Now we think it's right. Well, then go back and repent for having opposed it for, for two thousand years. Well, not two thousand years. They weren't around yeah, for two thousand right, years. That's right. A couple hundred, maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're out of time. I hope that that uh, sort of. Ties up the package. You guys started last week a good discussion on compromise. It's we tried so to expand. It's so important. And this, these recent developments highlight what is wrong with compromise. Yeah. All right. 
All right. Good discussion. I, I say we. I vote we call it quits. All right. Let's let's move on to Monty, a new topic Monty, next week. Monty, thank you for being. And remember, here. remember, we're always open to your questions and comments. I got I got I've got some building in the stack of stuff for a smorgasbord. Are you still coming. getting? I mean, are the, is that trickling? Is that we don't get? Down? We haven't got it a lot yet lately. So if some of you have a question you'd like to add in. Uh, I gotta get it in, Brad. In Athens, Alabama. I think I forwarded this to you yeah. today. Church in, and down in Alabama has compromised. They now have money. You might like this church. They've got a gun range behind the church now. They've started a gun range, and they're doing it in the name of Jesus, they say. They're hoping to bring people to Jesus by having this gun range behind the church. Well, well we've heard about Go ahead, money. You know, I, I enjoy using firearms and recreationally and things like that, but that don't have nothing to do with church. I don't read about recreation in relation to religion. And you can't do it in the name of Jesus because Jesus hasn't told us that we need to be opening well, a gun Well, we've, we've heard about fireworks. We've heard about rodeos in the church now shooting guns. Yeah. All so, right. Uh, so, again, if you're going to compromise, you're going to say, yeah, we know that the church isn't authorized to do this, but we're going to do it anyways, then you can't logically condemn the gun range. And lots no. of folks have said, well, okay, we're yeah. going to do it. Yeah. All right, there you go. All right, thank you for uh, your time tonight, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for listening. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.